I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. I like those odds. everyone you're listening to the mandalorian podcast brought to you by empire radio this is drew i'm jeremiah and this is andrew and today we have another great episode for you coming at you and this is what episode three the what is it the cast yes yeah cast so um and this is the docuseries is that what do you guys call it? A docu like a docu yes. series? Yeah, yeah, yeah docu series on Disney Plus about the Mandalorian and about the cast and about how they made the show and all that fun stuff. So if you guys haven't listened to the last previous two episodes, stop what you're doing, go back listen to the last two episodes, and then come back to this one. But we're gonna dive into uh, episode three, the cast, and yeah. So I sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Yeah, yeah. So why we dive in, um, I guess, what is your guys' overall thoughts of this episode? Jeremiah? Uh, it was, there was some really great insight about um, the problem. Because I guess for me, I didn't realize that it was so difficult to direct uh, Din Djarin when he has... A full a suit of armor and mask. Oh yeah, because and I guess that goes to a t- and a test a testament to how well they did the the acting and directing. Because I didn't see that there was a problem with the characters' communication and acting and all that stuff. And so they pulled it off so well that I didn't even think that there was a problem. And then they his- literally pulled his helmet off in the in the last episode. Spoilers, spoilers, yep. spoilers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting and there's we'll get into more in depth about some aspects of that later, but yeah, it was it was cool. I kind I really liked um Carl Weathers comments and stuff, but Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I mean you know me, I have said it once, I'll say it again. Um you know, I'm a nerd when it comes to like behind the scenes stuff. So I, lo- I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I like that they're doing uh, different focuses on each of the episodes. I think it's really cool um, because it allows the various aspects to shine in their own way. I think. And because they're doing it in a like a docu series way instead of like a two or three hour documentary, I think you know you can you can kind of park on a specific subject and take your time with it. And so, yeah, man, y'all, both of you, bros, I loved yeah. it. I I loved it too. I loved how much respect for each other as actors they had. I thought that was really cool. Um. And I just I loved how how much they highlighted how difficult it was, and like they kind of like 
um, sometimes I say this like glass shattered, like it like brought something light to me was like when they're talking about how slow the Mandalorian moved to show his reactions to things, and that's how they portrayed his his emotion behind the mask was like his just how gent like in certain situations he should be moving faster, but he just slower to like show more emotion. And I thought that was really cool. And like something that like as an audience, you kind of just pick up, like it's not like you just can understand it right away. But then when they explain how they did it, it kind of was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Or like how they can show so much emotion from a character that one doesn't really say that much. And then two, Literally, you can't see his face or his eyes and stuff like that. So that was really cool. And, yeah, we can dive more details into it. But, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Sweet, yeah. So. um, As in the previous episodes are, like, if you listen to the Mandalorian podcast itself, we go over scene by scene. We're not going to do that because it's not really a thing. We're just going to kind of talk about it give more in detail highlights of the episode and kind of just briefly go through it and stuff like that. So who wants to go first? Who wants to, I, I will say things. Well, do you have notes this time, Andrew? No, but I like, I like literally just watched it. Oh, so you're fresh. It's kind of fresh. Yeah. Um, so one of the most interesting things that I noticed about this is you've got these three completely different people that are playing these these super drastically different characters, right? Mm-hmm. And the dynamic is really cool because, you know, we learned, and I didn't know this, we learned that there were two other stunt doubles for the Mandalorian. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, which I am, my apologies, normally I play, I pay really close attention to this type of thing, but I actually don't remember their names. Um, but you have one, which is like the gunslinger guy where he, he had experience, like was actual it, experience with guns. Was it like Tifa or something was the name of? I think that was one of the, You know what? Let me give me one second. It was Tifa, I think, was like the, was the African-American Yeah, I believe actor. so. That was the one that yeah. was the martial artist and stuff like that. Yeah, like, uh, I never, yeah I, he he did all the martial arts and stuff. Um, let me see. I got an article. Let me see if I can. I just wonder, like, which scenes that were action scenes were actually portrayed by Pedro Pascal? Like, I wish I could. I would know that. Like, see which ones he was able to do, as opposed to some of the stronger fight scenes, where obviously it was the stunt doubles. Yeah, I think he did a lot of the, like the chill stuff. Oh, right. Like <laughs> he, the, he did everything, like every other thing outside of the the fights. You know, they they just used him for the ep- the last episode when he took his helmet off. That was the only time he was actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, get, not Gary Cooper, uh, Latif Crowder. Latif, okay, yeah. Uh, he's an experienced stunt. I'm reading off of a screener and article. Um, he's an experienced stunt coordinator and performer, having previously worked on movies like Wonder Woman, Captain America, Civil War, and Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. So that's, I mean, he's pretty well known in the stunt in- industry. 
Uh, and then Brendan Wayne. Okay, so Is the guy who did the Bruce. What? <laughs> no, but he's John Wayne's grandson. Oh, oh, is that oh. guy? Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't realize well, that because, like, that I knew was, this. That was that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, makes my joke doesn't sound as he's good. The, but... Yeah, I was gonna say, wow, that's kind of a lame joke, but I was literally about to say he's actually the grandson of the legendary film actor John Wayne. Mad respect. So, what was the his first name the, again? Brendan. So he he's got the gunslinger thing in his blood, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, back to the dynamics. So you okay? So Pedro Pascal, you've got the Mandalorian who he co-plays with Latif and Brendan, right? You got these two stunt stunt guys, and then you got Pedro who does obviously does the voice acting, and he does a lot of the like, you know, chill parts where he's sitting at a cantina, you know, at a, at a table or whatever. But then you've got uh, Gina, I'm blinking on her last name too, Carano, Gina Carano, her character, who she, you know, she's like a former fighter. Like she actually fought in the ring and then like she's doing, she's doing everything. Like she does her own stunts. She does all the fighting. She does the choreography. Like she's got what it takes to do all that. And you've got like this legend who in Carl Weathers. And I was looking, so I knew he had been in some things, but like I had no idea he had been in so many things that I had seen. Get, do you guys know anything about him? Um, uh, not... He was in Rocky, I know that. Yeah, that's, that's okay, about so it. He was, he was Apollo. <laughs> yeah. Which is a huge deal. He was in yeah. Predator. He was in Happy Gilmore. Oh, Happy he's Gilmore, yeah. And he's, he's done... Predator? Yeah, he's in Predator. He's one, of the, he's one of the soldiers that goes out with Arnold. Hmm. <sighs> To the, I've never in, seen out Predator. in the jungle, dude. It's good, bro. You should watch it's like that. A, it's like a classic '80s sci-fi movie. Like, yeah, it's super, super, super cheesy, but it's great. Um, but he he does voice acting too. So he did. He played one of the Jacks skins in Mortal Kombat 10, <laughs> which is super cool. That's He's cool. been in the regular show. Um, dude, his like his list is so long yeah he has a lot yeah. and honestly like i feel like a lot of this episode they gave so much respect to him it was really interesting yeah and so it was really cool yeah i i really enjoyed seeing that and all of this to say um you have this character that brought a masked character to life you have this female character who is just super strong in ba and she does all of her own stunts and she like there was one um I think it was one point where John Favreau was talking about how like some people try to act tough, but then the real tough people like know they're tough, and it comes uh, it comes across in their their body language and yeah. the way that they act. They so don't have got, to like, act it. Yeah, and so you've got like Pedro Pascal who did a phenomenal job in playing basically a faceless character. You have uh, Gina who like just really brought like the female heroine role to a new level, and you got this legend Carl Weathers and. It was really cool to just see the juxtaposition of those and then just kind of be reminded of how well you have these three drastically different characters, but how well they work together on screen. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how like having a really good diverse cast is such a strong thing for a show like this. And I think like, obviously the storytelling is good and you know, the, the development is good, but 
these three characters are what made the Mandalorian the Mandalorian in a large way. And yeah. they're like a massive reason why it was so successful. So, yeah. I also thought it was really cool how, um, how much they went into detail about, um, Mando's like, like every single character, like they said, like John was saying that he could, when he was watching it, John Favreau, he was saying that he could see when it was a different Mando. I thought that was really interesting, but as an audience, you can't tell like at all. But I wonder if we could go back now. I wonder if we could try to figure out when it was a different one. Sure. But I just thought that was really cool. But I also loved how much John took her under his wing and was like, yeah, saying all that stuff about how like this is like they were talking about. How how much um what's that guy's name? Why did I just space it? We just talked about Carl Weathers. Yes. How how much of a good actor he is and like his voice is so powerful, it like it like brightens a room and it's so just heavy. And like how and it just seemed like John really cared about um Gene a lot. And like was wanting her to become a better actor through this experience. And I feel like it probably did. And like through the next season, we'll probably see a significant change in her acting skills, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, here's a, here's a freebie. Now I don't know how correct this is, but for Carl Weathers, did you know he has, he's like a performer on soundtracks too. Mm. And he is on at least two episodes of Stranger Things as a as an artist. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Jeremiah, what did you like? Mm, I would say again back to my original comments about how. Um, well, I should say that. Like the the comments that they like what and what Drew was saying about uh, Carl Weathers about how they kind of praised him for his acting that was something that stood out because other than the Mandalorian like Pedro Pascal like most a lot of the focus was on Carl Weathers and his influence on the show which is cool mm-hmm. um, but uh, going back to what I originally said about like how much how they had to learn how to direct uh, a specific actor who has no facial expressions like that was something that was the biggest standout for me just because how do you display emotion uh with no face and a personality with no face and i think it was was it bryce dallas howard that was saying how they had to keep him like i think drew was mentioning how they had to keep him like still a lot, but not do a lot of oh, motion. That was Deborah Cho. That, that was her. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how, like, because they kept him still and he didn't do like big motions and wasn't like moving around a lot. When he did make a move, it was very impactful and meaningful, and we understood the meaning behind it. And I, yeah. I guess one of the one of the scenes was like that they showed in it was when he turns in baby Yoda and he goes to leave and he, he reaches for the dial and the ball yeah. is off. 
like that you can see his his conflict and his mm-hmm. his yeah. sorrow in that moment but you don't see a face and so it goes to how great you know they had to direct this specific way of of portraying emotion without any face and you know like when it comes to like like animated shows or cartoons or like Pixar films like the reason why like eyes are so large on cartoon characters is because it's hard to make emotion with a normal size eye like in an anime so they make them big so you can see a more drastic um expression of uh, an emotion with the eyes and so that's why a lot of like cartoons and pixar films and stuff have large eyes and so like they even talked about how the eyes were like there's no eyes so how do we do this and so yeah that was really good um what was was something else i was gonna say um oh i think it was a dave filoni that said something that like Boba Fett's like the like the original helmet was meant to reflect Clint Eastwood with a with a cowboy hat on. Yeah, it's supposed it's kind of reminiscent. It was supposed to be reminiscent of that of like the straight line across, and then like kind of like yeah. the because mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood he has kind of like a a sharp boxy face, kind of like sharp sharp edges and very like like that, and the a Mandalorian mask has that where it's like straight across of the of the eyebrow type thing and then it's mm-hmm. like yeah. straight straight uh, angles and so yeah. thinking about that like oh that's interesting yeah I, I was gonna say i love that part about it too because it like it showed like kind of like the story about how boba fett first came about and then yeah it was kind of like they're saying it's kind of based off of clint eastwood and uh what was it the good the bad the ugly because he had like he had the what's it called on Poncho. poncho and if you see boba he has like half of a like cape on one side too so it kind of looks like yeah. a poncho and then even mando he has a cape and 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 like the spurs they're talking about that like it seemed like, like boba fett was like the original like space cowboy <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like that, yeah, that's, yeah. that was like Boba's goal, and like that's they kind of took the Mandalorian people as like kind of like cowboys. Yeah, and I, I thought that was really cool how they like did it, and like I love this docu series because like they show like when they talk, it's not just them talking in a room, right? Like they show like clips and highlights from their yeah. references too, so it gives you a bigger picture. But besides them just talking, granted, yeah. if we listen to this as a podcast form, it'd probably give us the same. Like we would remember it too. Not saying that we wouldn't, but I just loved how how much detail in this little darky series that they're actually putting in yeah. to this, and I I do really appreciate it, and I find it very interesting. And like my wife is a photographer and video. And she makes videos and stuff. So she, yeah. she's she been watching it and, like, she's like, dude, I can't even watch this, mo- like, the document or, like, the show the same because I'm going to see all the angles that they're highlighting or all this stuff that they're doing. Yeah. She's like, I don't know if I want to keep watching this because it's kind of, like, making me think of it differently. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> fair. But I, I, I think I find it very fascinating and I like it. And, like, it, I think it's very knowledgeable content and I do really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Another, another thing that, um, two well, two things, um, that they kind of overlap is uh, 
there was when Carl Weathers was talking about like his interaction with the Mandalorian, how he had to really hone in on Pedro Pascal's mannerisms and the way he would talk just because it was because like we said, he had no face to look at emotion. Like he had to really concentrate on how to react and interact with an un a person without a face in a sense. And so that was just really interesting how it made him be a better actor because he had to focus so much more on his acting skills in those moments. Um, but off of that, which they, they kind of glossed over a little quicker. I thought they, they should have spent more time on but the voiceover aspect of Pedro Pascal. Um, Cause like, I always wondered, you know, based on the sound of his voice, it seemed like it was a little robot-y. A little robot-y or like it was, it was a voiceover of some sort. So I wondered if they did that and they said, well, yeah, we, we, we did some voiceover, but like, I wonder how that voiceover, like, cause if Carl Weathers was saying that he had to, his acting was dependent on his concentration on how he responded to the Mandalorian. Like, where does the voiceover come from in relation to Carl Weathers acting? Because was Carl Weathers reacting to the actual voice in the scene? Or was he acting in relation to a voiceover that was played over? You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. Normally, normally the voiceover work stuff happens in post-production. So, like, very seldomly do actors and actresses that are working alongside people, like, as an example, I was going to say very rarely do they actually get to hear the finished product before it releases. So, like, for instance, uh, in that Anthony Daniels book that I've mentioned multiple times, he talks about how, like, they get into Tunisia to play or to film A New Hope, and the first scene he did in full costume was the scene where the Jawas are selling him to Luke and Uncle Owen. And, like, it's kind of crazy because he completely biffs his lines so many times and forgets them. And then George walks over to him and he's like, dude, just say whatever you want. Like, it's more important that you get the attitude and you get the body language right because we're just going to redo it. And then he ended up going into a studio and redoing all of his lines. So that's normally the way it happens, which means uh, Pedro's goal, I think, when stepping into the studio would would be to start as a baseline to recreate uh, as closely as possible what he did on set. And then if need be, if there needs to be a little bit more attitude or a little bit less attitude or he needs to uh, pronounce something slightly different or whatever, that's when they can go in and edit it. But really, at that point, it's kind of flopped where Carl Weathers is, was originally using Pedro Pascal's voice as a, as a baseline for his own performance. Now it's swapped. Now they've got this really good performance out of Carl, and Pedro has to go back and kind of, you know, use those moments to his advantage. Yeah. It was, it was just confusing because I was like, he was like saying, Carl was saying, you know, his performance was elevated because of his interaction in person. But then what he was acting 
what caused what caused him to act so well is not actually in the show because it was a voiceover put over what Carl Weathers actually listened to. Oh, sure. So that was a confusing idea, but yeah, I think it also elevated it for him because he probably didn't hear what he was saying that well. So you probably hear him talking, you know, they're probably acting together, but you probably couldn't hear exactly like as crystal clear. So he was probably focusing on like the movement and his response and stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was really cool, though, that they highlighted so much of that. Like you you would think those would be like kind of hidden secrets on how they did it. But no, they just like went in for it and they just told us all this stuff. And it seemed like a lot of this was kind of, it was highlighting a lot of them, but at the same time, it was also really just highlighting how difficult it was to make a show with the main character being in a mask the whole time. Yeah. There, there have always, throughout my brief experience with movie documentaries and kind of nerding out about stuff like this, like it's such a kind of like a normal thing that you hear when actors and actresses are working alongside someone that has to wear a costume. It's the same thing. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, it's weird because it's not like, I'm not actually dealing with a normal human. Um, And and I think one of the things that we take for granted, because like for me, it's easy to, it's easy to think, okay, an actor and actress comes on set, they read lines that have already been written for them, and then they act like they're emoting something, whatever emotion it is. But then there's this whole other layer that I think we take for granted that really is like an improvisational like pu- push and pull or like a dance. Because like you have like your basic things like, okay, you have a scene where two actors are they're mad at each other. So you you, you want to act mad and here are your lines. But then there's subtle things that are very personal and very unique to different actors and actresses mm-hmm. that come through in the way that they react. So yeah, I'm going to be angry, but my body language is my own. You know, like the way my face contorts or the way I move my eyes is completely unique. And so it was really cool. Um, that's one of the things that like when I was watching this, I was like, oh, wow. Like I, I completely take that for granted. But Carl is like sitting here al- across the table or in the same scene with someone who realistically he probably can't even hear on set very well because of the mask and then he's having to to go based on body language and head movements and hand movements and all these things and like it's just a testament to how good he and Gina and like the other actors and actresses have been as they've been as they've been like in real time in the moment like reacting to someone who is very different from what they're probably used to working with Mm-hmm. So that was really cool to see, and I, I and I agree with you, Drew. I like the way that they highlighted that because it's something you don't really think about. You're just like, oh, he's in a costume; they can hear him. He's fine. Everything's fine. They're doing great, you know. But then you hear these actors and actresses that are like, no, 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 no. This was this was kind of difficult because we're so used. Even as humans, we're just wired to pick up on eyes and facial expressions and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, that's not there, and you're like, oh, I have no idea how to read this person so andrew have you seen the movie uh django unchained yep Mm -hmm. Uh, no oh sorry wrong okay so i mean i've seen i've seen different scenes from it like in bits and pieces but never seen the, the whole thing have you seen the scene where uh leonardo dicaprio's hand bleeds 
Yes, I and I know I know about that. Yeah, I watched that in a in a film rundown one time. Drew, do you know about that scene? Yep. Mm-hmm. How he actually cut his hand. Yeah. And he, it's real blood, and he smears his real blood on Kerry Washington's face. <laughs> yeah. That's the one of the best scenes in all of... Have you... Do you know about Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, I've seen it. With Matt Damon, that scene yeah. where he talks about his brother. Whole thing's improvised. Is that the, like, like the barn scene? Like when he's uh, talking about his brother in the barn and his girlfriend or something so. like that? It's been a long time. But yes, I think so. That whole scene... He improvised the whole thing. Which would make sense because he's laughing when yeah. he's talking about that. And it's like a real laugh. Like you can tell he's actually laughing and it's not an acting laugh. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they're, they're talking about how um, uh, Pedro, he, he's been in certain situations in his acting career where he should have like got injured or like oh. <laughs> he was talking about all this stuff and all, highlighting all these like dangerous situations, but then he got injured the same day, the one day that he didn't have his mask on. Oh yeah, he got injured that same day, walking out of his trailer, and so they're talking about it was a really funny story how like he got hurt, he got like what did he do? Walk into like a a board or something, right? He just walked yeah, into he walked something. into like a piece of plywood. Yeah. And so they took him to the hospital and he had like seven stitches on his nose, but then they didn't like when they went to the hospital, he had all the fake blood on him too. So they just <laughs> yeah. rushed him in. It was a really funny story. And he was like, yeah, I've been in certain situations where I should have got hurt. Like I was standing in this blah, blah, blah. And in, in chi- like in China or he like did all this stuff. And it was really funny because he did a lot of his own stunts. I, I know that he did a lot of his own stunts in Game of Thrones. So. Which is kind of interesting why he didn't do as much in The yeah, Mandalorian. But, I don't know. Yeah, that is really funny, though. I thought it was hilarious that it was the one day, you know, he has a bunch of fake blood and stuff all over his face. Yeah, it was, you know. So timing. It, I, is yeah, I was going to say, that, that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Another thing sure. uh, about this episode, I really want to see the sketches for Carl Weathers, Weathers' original oh, character. Yeah. character? Yeah, 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 me too. He was an alien originally. I, I, didn't, I don't think I remember. Well, no. They said that he, he first was going to get killed off, and then his second character was an alien. No, no, no. They oh. said that he was going to get killed off, but his character originally, regardless, was an alien. Oh, he was I thought it was, in... he was going to be two different characters in the no, 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 oh. no. No, he was going to be in full prosthetics the whole time. Dang, that would have been weird. So I, I wonder I'm what so that glad. would have been. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But... I would love to see the species that he would have played, though. Because yeah. that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, I'm so else. glad. I'm so glad they went the direction they did, though. And the fact that True. he had so many more episodes than just one and three. Yeah, they they just slipped in that one. They changed the one, two, two of those scenes around and just added them into everything else. Pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, I thought that was a really good addition. I but can't I think, imagine it like the end of the season without him in it. Right. Cuz he I, had like a full redemption story in this. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, cuz he he even says like I don't you know, I don't like I don't like to play bad guys as traditional bad guys when I do it. He's like 
they're just people and they have temptations and they have their own dark sides. And for his character, like he wasn't a traditional antagonist. All he was was tempted by his own motivations, you know, and that's why it, it made it, you know, it wasn't like a hardened villain who then just randomly had a redemption story. It was like, Oh, this guy's not actually all that bad, mm-hmm. you know? So Jeremiah, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I kind of wish they stayed with the prosthetics alien look. Just because when it comes to live action Star Wars, like we don't have a we don't have other than Chewie, like we don't have main characters that are aliens. And yeah. and so like one of the reasons like I, I liked uh um, like Rogue One and Solo so much is because there were more continual alien species that were in scenes that were kind of like talking and part of the scenes and whatnot. But I, I would really like to see a Star Wars movie that had like an, an alien species that was a lead that was not blatantly human looking. Um, just because I think that makes more sense in Star Wars that you're going to have aliens um, well and we're we're gonna get that with uh soka tano's spinoff live action and with the whatever they do with the high republic era probably well hopefully. and kind of doubt it but <laughs> what you're saying is you want a babu frick movie yeah and frick we do man frick we <laughs> do. yeah i'd be down for that i just think that we are so good with prosthetics now and especially especially if even with like um you know maz kanada even though like she was a minor character and it was kind of like a very basic look like i i like like a like a motion cap cgi realistic look to a character and I, i wish we just had some of that more in in the future of star wars i hope well, like even when you see how well they did with it with the Mandalorian and the bar scenes, where like they're wearing real costumes, but then like the tentacles were like CG ish, so like they did stuff over top of it too, so yeah. it looked fake or it looked real, and like it was real. They just kind of did stuff over top of it. Like you could easily do that. I mean, it would be kind of expensive, but I think it would be dope. And, like, the closest, like you said, Jeremiah, to, like, an alien finger in the air quotes um, would be, like, the droids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's all. We get a lot of droids. But, yeah, you're right. We don't. Majority of all main characters are humans. It's a little. You guys, this is 2020. Come on. Yeah. A little racist. Let's get some aliens. Speciesist. Speciesist. That's yep. the word I was looking for. Human privilege. For real. In Star Wars, man. But, yeah. Anything else you guys want to point out and highlight? Well, one thing that I do want to point out um, is that this episode has a sponsor. Oh, yeah. this You're right. This episode this, does have the, a sponsor. This podcast episode has a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And that sponsor is really near and dear to my heart because I love their coffee so much. Today's sponsor is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. And I think you, the listener, needs to hear a little something about it. 
about him. What do you guys think? I, I agree. Touche. All right. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor for today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that they have a subscription service that gets those amazing coffee beans delivered to your door on an either weekly, bi-weekly, or a monthly basis. Unfortunately, we're all being negatively affected by this virus right now. With that being said, what a better time to try some new coffee and support a local business. I know they'll greatly appreciate it, and we will too. After all, using the code Empire Radio with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, when you start a new subscription at wesleyandrews.cc, you'll get 50% off your first purchase. I can't think of a better deal. Get 50% off, support a local Minneapolis coffee shop, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. And in the words of the Mandalorian, this, this is the way. This is the way. And in the words of Kuil, I have spoken. I have spoken? Yeah. It's good coffee. I have spoken. True that. See? You're going you're gonna to want it. For those of you that are wondering, Andrew, you're talking a lot about this coffee. Do you actually enjoy the coffee? Yes, I do. <laughs> and if you, would, if you have listened to any of our other podcasts, you would know. Um, so does I, Jeremiah. Yep. uh but look i i make like at least at the very least one cup if not two sometimes a day of the beans that i have and um this is going to be kind of funny for drew um because he's a coffee snob too so this morning um i was out getting krispy kreme oh stop anyways that's like a hardcore flex on everyone i'm sorry and (laughs) then go on uh, and then there was a Starbucks nearby, so I was like, I'll just pick up some cold brew, just some normal cold brew. Um, so anyways, so I've been doing the uh, the Kyoto, or not the Kyoto, but the Japanese, like, flash chill pour-over method for the long, like, literally for like two weeks straight. That's all I've been doing. And I took a sip of the cold brew, and I was like, oh, I prefer my own coffee so much more than this now. <laughs> like, it's a drastic difference. So all that to say, just... Just go do it. Start a coffee subscription. You get half off your per- your first purchase. Like what? What? What do you have what to lose? What are you doing? Yeah. And then if you live by Krispy Kreme, after you make that coffee at home, go go get it and send us a voicemail about how good Krispy Kremes is, and I'll listen to it and be Dude, jealous. L- let me tell you something. Um, the Rwanda, mm-hmm. and the Burundi Natural, both pair super well with donuts i can imagine so anyways anyways enough donut talk yeah um yeah so anything else you guys want to talk about um while you guys thinking about it what's the the name of the next episode do we know uh, I think it's tech, the technology or technology. Oh, technology. So yeah, prepare this one, for the next episode, guys, to be very long. I we're think. gonna nerd out pretty hard. But no, I, I'm I'm enjoying this. Like my, I guess my final thought is that 
this is kind of one of those things where it could be easily overlooked because you're like, oh, okay, it's, it's the people talking, they're talking about the show, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like a lot of the, a lot of people might not even be interested in it because it's not like a continuation of the Mandalorian story. But like genuinely, it's this whole thing, and I hope it's the same for our listeners too, and for you guys. But like, it's making me appreciate the show so much more than I already do, mm-hmm. and it's helping me, you know, kind of the opposite of the way. Uh, your wife drew was talking like it, it helps when i when i'm seeing these things i'm like oh that's super cool oh i didn't even notice they did that or oh yeah. like this is mm-hmm. heck yeah this is awesome you know and it it makes me appreciate it so much more when i go back and rewatch the episodes and so i i'm i'm really enjoying it and i'm enjoying it more the more episodes we get and so um, me too it, it does know. the same for me it highlights things that i missed and like I want to watch it. Like, I literally just finished watching all of it again on May 4th. But it kind of wants me to, makes me want to go watch it and, like, kind of check things. I'll probably wait until this whole thing is done because I feel like there's going to be more things that they're going to start highlighting that's going to kind of bring it to life for for me. But, yeah, I mean, I, I hope, you know, if you're a listener and you're here because you really enjoyed, like, the first run of the Mandalorian podcast and you're here because there's more content and you're enjoying listening to it first of all thank you for being here and um i would hope that you would go listen to the other two podcasts uh empire radio and the clone Wars save podcast as well but if you're here and you haven't watched this documentary series like it's it's worth a watch it's good Mm -hmm. the episodes aren't super long they're like all between 24 and 30 minutes give or take um and it's some really cool stuff so Mm -hmm. i would highly recommend it and this is not a sponsor. We're just saying this based off of our own personal feelings. So, but hey, they're not paying Disney. us to say this. But let me tell you something. Disney, Disney, Lucasfilm, come at John, us. John, John Favreau, Dave Filoni. Give it y'all to Dave. Be on, give it to Dave. Y'all want to be on the podcast, or you want to sponsor us? We we will accept anything and everything you're going to throw at us. Give it to Dave, and Dave, you give it to us. Uh, I the, do not money, want that the responsibility. Money, the, the money. The money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or a full-on sponsorship. For yeah, I was going to say, that's the quickest way to end Star Wars right there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, no. Giving no. it to the three of us. Just let us talk about it and get paid for it. <laughs> but yeah, give it to Dave. Hashtag, give it to Dave, boys. Um, Jeremiah, any other thoughts for you? Nope. I'm just excited for the next episode. Sweet. I think we all are, and you guys should yeah. be too. Um. Like uh, Andrew previously said, um, if you guys aren't aware, there's two more podcasts for us three panelists that you can go check out. It's Empire Radio. That's a weekly podcast about Star Wars and everything Star Wars. We highlight news and then we have our own discussions about random stuff about Star Wars. And you should go check those things out. That is Empire Radio. And you can find that on any podcast streaming app. But you can also find that on Anchor. Anchor.com slash. Anchor.fm. .fm. Sorry, anchor.fm slash empire dash radio and you can go um that will bring you to everything you can figure all that stuff out as well um also go leave a comment and a voicemail on all that stuff too we would love to hear you and also go check out clone wars saved we went over every episode of clone wars that just dropped and you can go back and listen to that if you haven't seen those episodes or if you have and you want to just go um, listen to all those episodes that we did. Go ahead and do that. Um, it's good content. Yeah, we, I mean, if, if you're a long-time really listener, Clone Wars, so. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, if you're a longtime listener of the Mandalorian podcast, it's the same format. If yeah, you haven't listened to Clone Wars Saved at all, like it's literally the same format, just Clone Wars content instead. So yep. it's it's a lot of fun. And that is Clone Wars Saved. And you can find that on any podcast stream app as well. And where where Jeremiah can they find us on our socials? Uh, Facebook.com slash Empire Radio Podcast. And that's the same on Instagram as well. Yeah, and then AOL Instant Messenger at XX Empire. No, I'm joking. What? <laughs> Lowercase X, uppercase X, Empire dash yeah. radio. No, I'm joking. You guys can jump in our DMs and leave us comments and reviews and all that stuff over those um both of those socials as well. But then yeah. you can also just you guys just like go leave us a voicemail on Anchor and we would love to listen to it and and if it's good enough, we'll play it on the podcast. So don't be afraid to just leave a voicemail, even if it's just like we love what you guys are doing, don't stop. Or even if it's um Star Wars sucks, we probably won't play that, but go ahead, drop whatever you want. But or if you really wanted to disagree with Jeremiah's opinion that the first half of a new hope is trash, you could. You could. I should just leave a voicemail about that myself. <laughs> you and I both leave voicemails. <laughs> but no, but seriously, it, you know, um, the biggest part of what we're doing right now is is our our listeners, and um, you know, we all believe the stars brings us together, and so we really want that feedback. We want that interaction with our listeners um, because it's the way we're going to get better, and it's the way that. Um, we're going to continue to, you know, try to help unite people. So don't be shy. Yeah. Don't, even if you, even if your favorite Star Wars movie is The Last Jedi, there's a place for you at this table. It's on the other end of the table, all at the end. But it's in a cornered part. You probably even, won't see the menu, but you can sit down. Even if your favorite Star Wars <laughs> content of all time was either the Ewoks movie or the Droids cartoon. And hey. Both of those are better than Last Jedi. So yeah, <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, or I literally just put up my Last Jedi poster in my room. Yeah, and I don't know. Or even if your favorite Star Wars movie was the Star Wars Holiday Special, also Boba Fett was in there and he was blue. So yeah, who who's winning that? Beat? Which, by the way, I think we're we're a little far off. We are. We're a little far out. But I think we're Empire Radio. Um, for Christmas this year, I think we need to do something really special and watch the special. Oh yeah, and and do like a live commentary or something oh, along. Like oh, just recording. I mean, yes, it's a little far. Well, out, but well, I'm they did in uh, the first episode of The Mandalorian. They referenced the yeah, holiday special. Mm-hmm. They life referenced Life Day. Day. So well, and that... his gun is a direct represent. Yeah, like direct represent uh, reference. Sorry. Yeah, so, dude, that holiday. Oh man, we need to we need to have an Empire Radio episode just for that because it's so oh it's all over the place. But all right, anyways, you're not here for this right now. That's not what we're doing. No, so, no, no. Drew, please, please take the metaphorical mic away from me before I keep. All right, it. all right. So with Alfred Redu, um, the, you are listening to the Mandalorian podcast brought to you by Empire Radio. Um, I've been Drew. I'm Jeremiah. And I have been Andrew. May the force be with you. Always. Always.